Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. John 12, verse 9. Now a great many of Jews knew that he, notice it's capitalized, he's talking of Jesus was there, and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might also see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priest plotted Lazarus to death also. So they wanted to kill not only Jesus, they wanted to kill Lazarus. New King James Version. Because on account of him, many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. The next day, a great multitude that had come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna. Would you say that? Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Then Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, sat on it, as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, the king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. That's Zechariah 9, verse 9, verse 16 now of John, John 16. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, they remembered all that these things were written about him and that they had done and that he had done these things to them. Verse 17, therefore the people who were with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and had raised him from the dead bore witness. For this reason, the people also met him because they heard that he had done this sign. Verse 19, final verse. The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, you see that you're causing all this Pardon me. You see that you're causing that you see that you are accompanying accomplishing nothing. Pardon me. Look, the world has gone after him. They said that to themselves. You see that you're accomplishing nothing. The whole world has gone after him. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Move in power. Amen. You may be seated. Pretty amazing. What a bunch of um, mean spirited people control freaks. I mean, they not only want to kill Jesus, they want to kill the guy that was raised from the dead. Isn't that just like religion? You know what I mean by that? Rules, regulations, trying to get something done, scared of the supernatural. I am... Um, I'm reading a number. I'm reading a number of books, and uh, I'm able to do more reading now than I ever have in my life. And the reason is, um, I use an app called Audible. Amen. Yeah, and um, and I listen to I listen to Audible many times at this rate. And Sarah. He would get back to the other nations through Abraham's descendants once his kingdom rule was. That's actually only 1.7. Um, 
somebody said, how do you do that? I know it's kind of crazy, right? Cause you wouldn't want to hear that normally. Uh, but I listen at 1.0 and then I bump it to 1.1 and I move it up to two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And I listen, actually, I listen to books at 2.0. Now after 2.0, depending, depending, <laughs> depending on who's, who's, you know, narrating and who's reading, you know, it can get a little intense after 2.0 and you can't really understand but I'm forcing myself to listen because I can't read that fast. Some of you might have come from Evelyn Wood's speed reading course, but personally me, how many remember Evelyn? You dated yourself. You're all over 50. So I have to read, I have to, I get the pleasure of reading a lot. And so I'm, I'm, I'm reading a number of books and what's fascinating. And I'd encourage all of you to read this book. If you got the, the gumption, Michael S. Heiser, H-E-I-S-E-R, um, and it's called Supernatural. Supernatural is, uh, is the title of a book that's a little bit more simple than the one in that is uh, significantly deeper and more profound. It just kind of dumbs it down, which I, I kind of needed. The unseen realm is the undumbed down version, no offense. So if you want a more of a scholarly work, then go to the unseen realm. And you might have to read pages twice and be like, what? And it is so amazing to discover the supernatural aspect of, of the kingdom of God. And the reason I say it that way is that for, for years, there's pastors that you get to verses and, and because you don't understand it, they're like, that's kind of a weird verse. So we're just going to move to the next verse. And you never actually really learn the depths of the things of the Spirit of God. And um, I, I don't think I've ever skipped verses in the midst of reading a text, but I have avoided them altogether. Well, you know, until you really know somebody, I'm going to stand before the Lord. I mean, you might laugh, but I'm going to stand before the Lord for how you too, Pastor Kirsten, you too, Pastor Kimmy, all of you life group leaders, all of us will stand before the Lord for how we've taught. And you'll give an account to the Lord for how you taught people. That, that to me is much more important than the court of popular opinion or whether somebody's upset about the fact that I pray in tongues or lay hands on the sick. I just see it in the word. I'm going to stand before the Lord for it all. So what's amazing to me here in John 12, which is the, the main historical text all across America, pastors preach from John 12 today, in, including, I think, the Catholic Church. While I was there, I never heard anybody say anything. I just went there this morning. I went to Mass today, uh, but uh, not, not for what you might think. I was, I was trying to get palm fronds for everybody so that we could wave them around and sing, Hosanna, Hosanna. Come on, wave your palm. Hosanna in the high. So we don't have palm fronds, but we do have palms. So I wanted to get palm fronds, and uh, we have had them in other years, but the supply chain and the cost of the palm frond was ridiculous, and so instead we're... We're sewing that into the building, maybe next year. So I was seriously disappointed that I couldn't find palm fronds in, in Arizona. I don't even know they get a lot of palms there. And they have cactus, cacti? I don't know, I don't know what, is it plural, cacti? Cactuses? Moosen, moose, okay. Meese, anyway, there's a lot of these cactus things. 
I couldn't find any palm fronds, and I had a team of people going to all these places and calling around trying. They couldn't find any, no palm fronds to bring back so you could sing Hosanna. And I was disappointed because I had this picture in my mind. I, I wanted to see palms on Palm Sunday. And so as I was praying, preparing, I felt like the Lord said, the Catholics have some. Go over there. <laughs> I said, you know they have palms. How many of you know they, they ordered last year? They ordered three years ago. They, I don't know. Maybe they grow their own in the back. I don't know. They had them for Ash Wednesday because that's where they like have to burn them and then they smudge you for whatever. I, you can smudge with ashes and wave a palm and still go straight to hell. How many of you know? <laughs> Did I say that? Pastor Karen. And she, she, she was occupied tonight. You, all is well. But. So I, I'm praying. I'm like, Lord. And I just felt like, man, they definitely. So I called. I found out they have a nine o'clock service. So I'm like, well, my service is at nine. I thought, well, I'm just going to go there. So I was a little bit late because I went to Catholic Mass. And there was a lot of people there. I thought, wow. And I snuck in the back. I was one of the last ones. It was full. But it was, it was unusual. Don't, I already repented. If I did something wrong, Pastor Chris, I already repented. I'm not sure if I did, but if I did, just in case, Lord, sorry. And he said, it's okay. I felt like he told me to go. I didn't do anything wrong. I just slipped in. <laughs> I put my head down with everybody else. And the priest was up there. And the presence of God was clearly there. Clearly, presence of God is there. Clearly. And I was blessed by that. I'm like, wow, Lord, thank you, Jesus. I didn't see anybody bowing down or offering incense to Mary, so I was excited about that. It's hysterical. I'm going to go over here. You guys are a tough crowd. <laughs> and there was the priest, and he had like a just, he had a mean-looking robe. And man, all the regalia was pretty cool. I thought I wouldn't mind wearing one of those. And, <laughs> and as I sat there, somebody else came in right next to me. I made room, and I mean, it was full, full house, and it was kind of a uh, like a three quarter circle around the priest in a room. It wasn't like in a regular, I don't, I don't know what was going on. Maybe it was a smaller service or whatever. I, I don't know how I, I don't know if it was, I, I honestly have no idea what I walked into, and I wasn't there long enough. I'm just like, I just want a palm. And I walked in, put my head down, and everybody had them. How many of you know, everybody been to Catholic Church? Okay. Everybody had a palm, everyone. And they had a sheet, which I graciously gave you as a gift early this morning. They had a sheet of a song they were going to sing, which I have no idea, never saw it before. And as I sat there, another guy came in. I'm like, Lord, I don't want to disrupt. Lord, this is great. Can you please? And I look, and this lady's like, do you want a palm? I'm like, Oh, yes. She's like, and she came and she handed me two, which became like eight. I, how many of you know those things? They peel apart and it multiplied in my hands. It was like a miracle. It's like loaves and fishes. And so I got my palms and I, I got this sheet and I'm standing there. I'm like, how long can I stay before I fade? And because I needed to get to our service. And honestly, I wanted, to, I wanted to just give a little offering because I didn't want to, and I haven't been able to do that yet, but I will, uh, because I didn't want to just come and rip off a palm and come back to... <laughs> I'm, hiding my, I'm hiding my car. Some people know my car. My car is like... 
Pastor Karen's in the car. I'm hoping Jessica can come in like with the Shondai and fade with the palms. And so I just feel like it's really quiet. Nobody's looking around. Hardly anybody, maybe two or three people saw me slide in, including the guy next to me. And I look at him. I'm like, what's up? I was there less than two minutes inside, but I was very blessed. I don't know how I'm tying that into uh, this, but... These Pharisees are basically come to kill Lazarus. And there's this amazing throng of worshipers. And understand what's happening. It's not just a regular crowd. They have come from all over. They were really pilgrims that have come. Large crowd made up of pilgrims. What's a pilgrim? Well, pilgrim. It's not out of a John Wayne movie. And I'm not talking about the pilgrims and Pocahontas or any of that. Plymouth Rock. I'm not talking about pilgrim is, is a is a traveler, a religious traveler. They would travel to Israel and they've come for the feast. So it's not just a regular gathering of people. They're from all over. And you got to know that everybody's talking about, oh yeah, he, that you know that's right. Lazarus was mocky died dead and he raised him up. Where is he? He's right there. Well, he looks good now. Yeah, but you should have seen him a few days ago. And here's Lazarus. Yo, Laz. So here's the testimony of miracle power. And, and you had all kinds of miracles and people all heard of it and they're all following him. And they really believe like at this moment that Jesus is just going to take, the, it's the kingdom. That's it. Finally, finally, it's over. The border crisis is over. Finally, you know, it's over. The woes of America, the woes of the nations. It's the Messiah. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. They're excited. There's always going to be people like the Pharisees. There's always going to be people who plot to kill the move of the Spirit. I was talking about reading books at 2.0 and I lost track of what I was saying. So in those in those books, The Unseen Realm and the, the Simplified Version, which I prefer. And the other one is like, you got to get a notepad out. You know, the other one's more like a textbook kind of, and it's, it's profound. And it is going to scramble some of your theology, for sure. But he talks about how the church is lost the supernatural realm of the Spirit of God and excuse scriptures and don't teach on them and they remove them because they don't have power or they're afraid of maybe bringing an error. I don't know about you, but I want God to show up and show off like never before. I wrote a paper, finished a paper today about, there's a, a critical thinking paper on uh, the legalization of drugs. And so while I'm, and I, I need to be careful because I could have some of the I'm, the, I'm the geezer in the class, okay? So everybody else is like, you know, 
18, 19, 20, 21, 22, and I'm 55. And Pastor Karen and I are in the class and we're clearly the old people. So, <laughs> but they also know we've pastored for 20 years and I'm listening to some of the arguments and I, I actually read, and it's not her fault, it, it's, uh, or his fault, <laughs> she's ignorant. So yeah, no, we should legalize drugs. They haven't walked through the life of people who've been destroyed. Never mind the kids who are the, the kids of parents who gave themselves to alcoholism and wouldn't break the bondage, who wouldn't get off of the anger problem. And I'm not just talking about alcohol, I'm just talking about anything. And through this whole discussion in a Christian university on a, uh, um, uh, I don't know what they call it. It's a discussion board. Through all of this, there's hardly any talk because it's about critical thinking and discussing whether legalization of drugs is right, legalization of drugs is wrong, and should to, to fix the crime problem, and on and on and on. And through the whole thing, I never heard anybody talking about what the real problem and the real answer is. And the real problem is sin. That's the real problem. And the real answer is having Jesus set people, listen, you couldn't get me to do drugs. You'd have to shoot me first. There's no way. There's no, now that wasn't always the case. But something happened. Something happened to me so many years ago where I was touched by God and I was like a Lazarus and he called me by name. He touched me and I came out of darkness and out of bondage. I came. He called me and said, Daniel, come forth. And he changed my life because I would not be here and I wouldn't be preaching. I hate like stupid games. Sorry if I spit on you right there. It'll be okay. I don't like playing little games. I don't like playing church games. I don't like pretending. I'm not a pretender. I'm not an actor. I'm not, I'm not here for any other purpose that I'm fulfilling the call of God. It's a lot of fun. People will always try to come to shut down the move of God, to try to say things that are even not true. They did that to Jesus, and eventually they crucified him. Little did they know they were crucified. You can't crucify the Lord of glory. So he got up and third days, three days later. Years ago, when we first got here, it's the first outreach we did in October, the very first year we're here. We called it Hell House. Amen. Oh, boy. How dare you? How dare you call something in the house of God Hell House? You know, we got so persecuted. I mean, nobody burned us at the stake. Obviously, we're still here. But we turned the, that whole part of the building. The church is so small back then, honestly, that none of those rooms were being used for anything. We're, we've broken every seam in the place now. They're all filled with kids, like 200 plus kids that go through that little side. That's amazing. The way, the way that God has used this building and how much we've grown in this building alone and continue to grow still here is a sign and a wonder. I'm just saying, really, it's amazing. So we, we basically made all of that into a, an expose of demonic activity on October. Why? So that we could reach this broken community. And so you would come in and it was a, it was, it was a demon guided tour. Of course, we had actors that portrayed demons. Uh, 
a demon-guided tour of real-life situations and circumstances to expose how the devil is behind abortion, to expose how the devil is behind uh, um, violence in the home, to expose how the devil is behind uh, suicide. And so they would go through these rooms, and I, I can't remember all the rooms, but the suicide room, well, that was intense. That, that was intense. We had one of those real, not a cap gun, but one of, those, one of those guns you use, you know, for riding on a horseback. You'd ride horseback and shoot balloons. I mean, they actually shoot stuff out. out. I mean, they're blanks, but you see fire come out. I mean, it's pretty intense, and it sounds every bit like a gun. So we had one of those up there, and we did this scene. And, you know, it's not funny. We didn't do it to be funny. We did it to say, yeah, the devil's behind suicide. And so we would take these guys, we, we had people come and they pay and we would have a guided tour of about 10 people that would go through all of these rooms, guided room after room after room. By the time you got to the abortion room, and let me just say, I, I have to be careful. We've got kids here and I'm glad we do. This was by design, family night, Sunday night. It was not, it was not some cute thing. It was, it was graphic and some people said, you guys went over the edge. I said, yeah. Unless we save babies, and then maybe we didn't. We had, we, had, we had women coming out of that. I mean, I, we didn't expect that at first, but we had women nearly. Who was with me at that time? That was a long time ago. Oh, you did the, you did the domestic violence scene. And you got injured, too, I remember. But you also got healed. Hallelujah. You bring somebody in a domestic violence scene and the whole thing and how it ramps up. And before you know it, the woman's getting beat by the husband. And it was amazing acting, very intense. Why would you do that? Because we wanted to peel the veneer back to show that, that, a was, that Wasilla needs it. But we had articles written about us. Anyway, women coming out of that abortion, weeping falling into counselor's arms, being brought downstairs because they couldn't talk to anybody anymore. They're like, my God, my baby. I mean, it was like seriously intense. Now, the, I should tell you that the final room was they would come out of that extremely hot. We turned all the heat up in the entire church, blasted it. We, we had horrible smells. Yeah, we really tried to make it a, a real clear portrayal of evil. You said, why would you do that? Because then they would come out of that room and they'd come into this room. This room was, had the smell of like oranges in heaven with this glory music playing. And we would share with them how to get out of their bondage and how to be forgiven. And, and nearly every person that came down gave the heart to Jesus. Group after group after group after group. Do you know what happened? Brother Pharisee wrote articles in the paper New pastor at, at church defiles our community. Our sweet community brought in all of that teaching those kids, all of that. You know, first of all, it was PG-13. So you, if you weren't, we didn't let you go in if you were below 13. And then, of course, we had people lie, you know. But if you're going to lie, I mean, we weren't carding people. You know, their parents, their, their parents, dumb as a box of rocks, bringing their 10-year-old that looks like a 12-year-old he's not going to be able to handle it. But they're like, yeah, no, that's good. You know, we go to movies. There's no problem. No, yeah, yeah, he's 12. Yeah, he's 12. I'm like, sure he is. Like, of course, he's wet himself by the time he gets to the human sacrifice scene. <laughs> Get to the human sacrifice scene. Ten-year-old's totally freaked out and needs counseling for the rest of his life. 
you know, we're sorry about that. But anyway, the truth is we hope that they get healed and we didn't defile anybody beyond. First of all, you can't be defiled beyond being healed. God can heal you no matter what you've been through. Our point wasn't that. Our point was to show evil and the answer out. And you always have people like in the text that just want to kill you for it. And they, they actually called us all those, all those years ago, the Brackenites. Somebody said, you know what, pastor, I'm going to shave my head. I said, please, can you not? Don't, don't shave your head. Will you? You're like, no, I, I like it. I want to shave my head like you. I said, no, please, can you not do that? How come? I said, well, because. <laughs> anyway, if you want to shave your head, go right ahead. Because I don't care even more now. I don't care than I did back then. There needs to be an outpouring of the Spirit of God. And that's what Jesus is doing. And that's why they were waving palms. And that's why they're singing Hosanna. Hosanna. You know what Hosanna means? How many of you know what Hosanna means? It means save us. That's what that means. And uh, you can look a little bit deeper. And then it says it can mean pray, save us. Now, as I talked about Zechariah 9, fulfillment here, Luke tells a little bit differently. But the fulfillment of Zechariah 9, verse 9 is uh, astounding as Jesus rides in a week before his crucifixion. The palm waving, by the way, is also a sign of victory, and it's a sign, a, uh, a sign of the Jewish state. So that's kind of interesting. Very simply tonight on this Palm Sunday, uh, God's, God wants us to not be defined by our circumstances, and he doesn't want you to be afraid. I love how Jesus said, well, if they don't worship, then the rocks are going to cry out. So you can do whatever you want to do. You know, I, I love how people take a stand. Take a stand for what's right. So what if they don't like me? There's only two or three people that like you anyway, statistically, as I understand it. <laughs> Which is kind of a joke. But the point is, are you here to please people? Seriously? If you try to, every, if you try to get everybody to like you, I mean, it's like a chameleon spirit. Yeah. Just... Pick God's side, serve him, and let the chips fall. Amen. Writing another paper about a church split. It's a fictitious paper, but a fictitious situation in a church. I had to write a paper about how to resolve a problem where church splits over, over the food bank. And it was a church of 500, and now there's only 120, and 20 people are very vocal about the food bank. How are you going to handle that problem? I thought, are you kidding me? First of all, did God tell you to do a food bank? And if he did, then do it with your hair on fire and don't worry about it. What are you going to do about the 20 people that don't like you? You can go find another church, bless God. Hallelujah. Well, that's kind of intense. Yeah, what am I going to do? Oh, I'm so sorry. No, I will pet the cat backwards and declare the glory of God. I will do. Come on, somebody say pet the cat backwards. Do what God told you to do. Obey. And, well, okay, yeah, no, we better be quiet now. Just can you calm down? Shh, shh. You know, blind Bartimaeus would still be blind Bartimaeus. I don't know why they call him blind Bartimaeus, because he's seeing Bartimaeus now. Bartimaeus has eyes. Why? Because he cried out even though everybody else told him to shut up. I think you should tell other people to shut up. 
By the way, did you hear that there's a new, uh, a new record was made uh, in uh, cycling? Just this breakthrough record. I don't, I don't know what the mileage was or whatever, but it was done by a motorcycle identifying as a bike. I just thought I'd share that. <laughs> That is also hysterical. Take a praise break. If you're not laughing right, some of you are sucking on lemons right now. Get to relax. Come on, lift your hands to Jesus. Come on, lift your hands to Jesus. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Don't worry. You stand your ground. <laughs> was it the motorcycle thing? I, was that what got you? This is our wonderful Mayor Edna. She's mayor of the whole universe. Come on, somebody. <laughs> concerned about being finding grace in the eyes of God and obeying him be concerned about that that's right whatever you said God defines us not our circumstances or what people want us to be You know, the disciples didn't understand what's taken place. Later they did. They didn't understand at first, verse 16. But when Jesus was glorified, they remembered these things that were written about him. Wow. On this Palm Sunday, as I bring this to a close, I'd like to enlist you in being part of the radical group of palm wavers. I'd like to enlist you to be more radical for God. And I don't mean trying to muster that to be radical so you could say you're radical or do some crazy thing so you can get the attention of people. That, that's not what I mean. I mean loving deeply from the heart, radically radically helping people, radically going the extra mile, loving, radical forgiveness. Try that. Two different crowds at, on Palm Sunday, you had the religious people who were trying to catch Jesus and shut the thing down. And they, they actually thought they were doing well. They thought they were doing the right thing. I don't know if you've had that happen where you think you're doing the right thing, but you end up actually fighting against God. And in, was it in Luke or maybe it was in this text, but so all the world has gone after him. You know, when Jesus is put on display and the church of God really begins to walk in a revolutionary anointing, casting out devils, healing the sick and raising Lazarus, we begin to move in that dimension and quit apologizing for it. 
Somebody said, you know, you're offending me with your Christianity. I said, well, you can, what about, what about you offending me with your nonsensical, idiotic views as well? And I don't use that kind of language, even though it is, it is idiotic. I mean, you don't need to be used combative language. But uh, everybody's all, what about us offending them? What about them offending us? I just want to say that. Let, let's not forget about that. And I'm not going to be offended. I'm going to live above offense, but I'm going to stand my ground. You stand your ground. You stand your ground. You do the right thing. You live for God. You serve him. Don't be defined by people's opinions of you. People's opinions change like the weather. I was on this discussion board and I read something that Pastor Karen wrote, which was a little bit different than what I believe. And I read her thing. It was such a compelling argument. I thought, huh, she's right. Hmm. The wife is always right, though. Come on, someone say amen. <laughs> it's a joke. It's not actually true. Opinions change. You know what doesn't change? God's word doesn't change. God's word, his, de his definition of what's right, his definition of what's wrong, that doesn't change. It's immutable. It does not change. God is raising up a people who will walk in revolutionary power that it doesn't matter what anybody says. Because remember, only two or three people like you anyway. Make sure that one of those is God. Of course, he's not a person, but he did come in likeness of man. Fully God, fully man. So that you and I could be redeemed. So that you and I could be healed. So that you and I could be forgiven. Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to casealaska.com and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.